0: On today's episode of the John Campbell Show podcast, the How to Train Your Dragon live action remake, they just found their two stars and their good ones. Disney Plus has just dropped their first 12 movies off of the service. We'll go over which ones they've removed. The Office is getting its newest remake, its official, it's coming in Australia. Ricky Gervais is one of the producers we'll talk about. that. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, has its first full reviews coming out, and they are calling it spectacular, which is always good to hear. The Little Mermaid has just set a record for Disney live-action remakes as far as live-action adaptation audience responses goes. And we're going to talk a little bit about how do studios... Get paid by movie theaters when people go to the movies using their membership cards. We'll talk about that and a whole bunch more. The John Campus Show starts right now. Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Best and Movie Related Show on the planet Earth. The John Campus Show coming from right here in our little studio here. Brought to you in part by our friends at Mint Mobile. I am, of course, your host, John Campy, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you Our international friends gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, and streaming, not just giving you our opinions, but giving you information and context so you can form your own well-informed opinions, whether they're the same or completely different from ours. I'm joined in studio today by Ray Ora. We got Jonathan Voiko over there. It is Wednesday, so that is always Chris Carr's day off, so she's not in with us here today. But most importantly, you guys are here. And we are so glad that you decided to join us here and make this a part of your day. Uh, Here's how today's show is going to go, guys. We're going to first start off by going over all those predetermined topics that we just listed off. But then in the last part of the show, we're going to take questions from our YouTube channel members. Now, we have a YouTube channel. And on that YouTube channel, we have some great supporters and channel members. And every day we go to them and ask them if they have any questions or topics they would like us to bring up on the show. And we always get through as many of those as we can. Uh, Also, a little bit of heads up. If you're watching this, you already know this, but due to uh, big, big, big requests that we've had from a lot of our viewers, uh, we are now, I don't know why you want this, but okay, we are doing a very simple, basic video version of this show where we're basically just have, if you're watching this, this static shot right here. Um, And it will be made available to everyone that wants it for free. It'll be on our Spotify podcast feed. So if you subscribe to our show on Spotify, this video will be coming to Spotify. Spotify is getting it all set up for us right now. So probably in the next couple of days, uh, the video version of this, granted, it's a very simple, basic video version will be up on Spotify. We're also going to make it available to our YouTube channel members as a convenience and a little perk that instead of having to go over to Spotify to watch it for free, you can just watch it right here on YouTube. And thank you for being channel members. All right, that down, guys. Let's get into it here, shall we? We're going to start off with some how to train your dragon. So, you know, we, we made a video about this one a little bit earlier today. And we are talking about how, you know, really quietly... How to Train Your Dragon trilogy is actually one of the best animated trilogies ever. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if you found a number of movie fans that thought the How to Train Your Dragon movies are indeed the best animated trilogy of all time. Like, for me, that current crown belongs to Toy Story with the first three films. But, I mean, hey, a very, very strong argument can be made for How to Train Your Dragon. Anyway, a little while ago they announced that they were going to be doing a live-action remake which is really interesting. And Dean DeBlois, that's how I think you pronounce his last name, a good Canadian kid, <laughs> so I better find out, who is actually the director of all three of the How to Train Your Dragon animated movies. He also directed Lilo and Stitch, is actually doing the writing and directing for the live-action remake as well. And that's, that's exciting, but now they've cast their two lead stars. Black Phone star Mason Thames, who is amazing in that movie, And the actress from The Last of Us who played Joel's daughter, Nico Parker, who is also, I found out today, Tandy Newton's daughter. Right. Never knew that before. She
1: looks just like her.
0: Uh, I mean, I've never noticed it until somebody brought it up today. And then I looked and said, yeah, I guess I see. I've never noticed it before, to be honest. But they are going to be starring as Hiccup and Astrid, the two leads in the How to Train Your Dragon movie. And I think this is inspired casting. I think this is absolutely fantastic. This kid in Black Phone, he was so good in that movie, man. Like the scenes that he's standing there alone, just talking to ghosts and whatever. Like he crushed it. His interactions with his father in the movie, his interactions with his sister, he's just terrific. He's, and and I'm really looking forward to seeing him do more.
1: He's probably gonna have to do this a lot in this movie too, with a uh, toothless probably being not there. So
0: yeah, no, it's true. He's gonna have some. Uh, he's gonna have to be doing some green screen acting. Uh, All that kind of stuff. He's going to be playing an opposite, of course, Nico in this. And Nico, of course, her episode in Last of Us, where she had to sell the premise of that that is making the audience believe that she's the main character and we're going to be following her. She sells it. Her death scene is, I I thought going into The Last of Us, that there was no way they could get the sheer amount of emotion out of us In her death scene, as the game did, I was wrong. They exceeded it, and uh, a lot of that has to do with her performance in there. But one of the things I mentioned in the video, guys, was that this is good. This is a tough one to do. I mean, it's you look at all the visuals of it, right? Like just from an animation, like you want this is going to be a pretty epic size spectacle, and it's they've given themselves a challenge.
1: I wonder how they're going to be able to pull it off. I'm kind of torn in thinking because. The reason why I love Toothless in the first one is it reminded me of a cute puppy dog, right? I mean, He's they like, mannered, they gave him a yeah, dog's right. mannerisms, right? So part of me wants it to be a cute dragon. And then the other half is like, no, Game of Thrones dragon, like a real terrifying dragon. I don't know where to go on that one. I, I really somewhere don't in the know. Middle.
2: It's like a, it could be like a very dangerous salamander.
0: <laughs> you I, know. you know, what I think they're going to do, I think. Because there are going to be a lot of dragons, right. I think you're going to see a lot of Game of Thrones dragons, mm-hmm. right? What's the breed of dragon Toothless is? Is it a Night Fury? Night Fury, Night, Fury, Night yeah. Fury, right? So Toothless is a specific breed of dragon, right? So I think you're going to see lots of Game of Thrones kind of dragons, uh-huh. but I, I think they're going to try to make Toothless look as close to the way he does... In the animated, oh,
1: film. like a different, but he's different from all of them. Yeah, yeah. Creations. So he's a different
0: kind of breed of dragon. The Night Furies, the
1: most, the rarest and most dangerous of them all. But he looks absolutely adorable. Well, I think Godzilla is cute, so you know he, it doesn't what? take much. I do think the new Godzilla. He's like fat he's and chubby. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on! Like, I'm not the only person who thinks he's cute. Especially if you look at that Funko Pop, it makes him cuter. I mean, I'm, I swear to God, like, okay, between Kong and Godzilla, Godzilla is adorable. He has teeth. Kong is way more adorable than he has Godzilla. Has he got too Godzilla many has scars. Teeth. He's got too many, too, <laughs> too many things. Godzilla, other than the teeth, look at his face. It's like mine. It's all
2: fat and like. Cute. I remember it's all fat and cute like yours. No, you it like fat me. And-
0: I remember when the first images of of that Godzilla came out. and I know we're getting off topic. But there was a bunch of people who criticized it because it looked like he was fat Godzilla, right? Mm-hmm. Do you see the memes? Do Do you guys remember? This is going back. I mean, I was just a kid when this is. You might remember this. Do you remember that back when all the exercise? fad equipment was coming out there was that piece of exercise equipment that you you held it against your abs and then you pulled the thing in against your abs to make your abs tight oh right 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 somebody made a meme of that godzilla holding one of those things like eating exercise (laughs) anyway anyway one guy in here thinks godzilla is adorable i don't know which what did you think about the casting which way do you think they're going to go with this dragon jonathan
2: uh no i think it's going to be a little bit of a mix it's not going to be as cartoony as the the animated series. So he's not going to be like, you know, go cute and getting excited and stuff you like that. You don't think? I, I think he to a degree. But I think they're going to measure it because they want it to look realistic as well. But he's going to look cuter than, you know, maybe like one of the like horned dragons and stuff. And 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 I think some of them are just they made some of them almost round, rounded and like cartoony. I think, I yeah. think they're going to stretch that out, make it a little more realistic. But I think you're still going to get a little bit of adorable relationship between um uh, toothless and uh, oh gosh, why can't I think of it? Uh, hiccup? Hiccup, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, um, you brought up a point in the video earlier about Gerard Butler. Oh yeah, uh, you said um, you know, it's, it's something like you, you, you would like him to be in. There, well,
0: I mean, right? when you look at Lion King, right? Yeah. They they did the the one voice they brought back was uh, James Earl Jones, and I think it would be wonderful mm-hmm. if because I thought one of the best performances mm-hmm. in in. Uh, the animated versions was Gerard Butler as Tooth as uh, Hiccup's dad. I think that would be a
1: great choice to bring him in, in live action. For me, I need him in this movie. Really? Like it's, yeah. Like you, you, you could give or take, right? It, with you, like you would like to see him. I would like me. To see- I almost want, like I, I want him in this movie. I that voice, his voice, that that dad, it was great in yeah, the he first. He could
2: pull one. off a Viking anyway in live action. Oh so. yeah.
0: Now that's the other thing. One of the things they can't do. Is because, like in the animated movies, they make a lot of these Vikings, particularly his dad and stuff like that, would dwarf Arnold Schwarzenegger. So they're gonna have to tone, they're not gonna be able to make that look like it looks in the thing. But still, I I, I would love it if Gerard Butler reprised his role in this. I think it'd be great. I mean, we're seeing Star Wars getting some of the voice actors to come in. We just saw a new trailer for Star Trek. Uh, Strange New Worlds, where they're bringing over a couple of the characters from the Lower Decks animated show and they're getting the actual voice actors to come over and play the live-action versions. I would love to see Gerard Butler's live-action and, version of his dad.
1: And and Hiccup, he he lost his leg, right, in in mm-hmm. the first one? Of, yes. The first one, right?
0: Well, I, he, I'm just already, trying to remember. I, no,
1: no it's, like it's already when we meet the character. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to remember it correctly because it was a long time ago when I watched it. Oh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's been a while. All right,
0: that's that. Let's move on to the next thing here. You know, there's been a, a bunch of stuff going on with a lot of the streaming services. It started notably with HBO Max back when it was still called HBO Max and they were removing a bunch of things from their service and people got upset. But, you know, we talked about it on our show. Is that listen, everybody thinks that these shows are sitting on these streaming services and they're just sitting there and it doesn't cost the streaming services anything. It does. They have to continue they pay a licensing royalty for them just sitting there. It's not like video on demand, where if you buy a copy, then the artists and producers of it get a percentage. It's not like that. As long as a movie or TV show is sitting on a streaming service and is available on the streaming service, even if nobody watches it, they got to pay licensing. They got to pay royalties. They got to pay licensing. It costs them money to just have these shows and movies sit there. And if they're coming across stuff that nobody's watching... Well, then they get rid of them. Then Disney Plus announced that they were dropping a whole bunch of stuff from their services and Hulu and all that kind of stuff. Well, 12 movies, apparently, according to reports, have now been dropped. And some of them are kind of surprising uh, surprising ones that they've dropped. Some of them not so much. So Disney Plus just dropped 12 movies. Some of them I never heard of. One was a documentary called Wolfgang about Wolfgang Puck, the great chef. I feel bad now that I didn't know about that one, because I would have loved to have seen that. I've actually eaten a couple of Wolfgangs. I was actually at an event where Wolfgang catered it. Uh, I would have loved to have watched that thing. Uh, Another movie that they dropped was something called Timmy Failure, Mistakes Were Made. (laughs) Never heard of it, so don't care that it's gone.
1: Name fits then, right?
0: One with (laughs) Brian Cranston though. That got a lot of attention called The One and Only right.
2: Ivan. I would have liked to have seen I, I forgot about this and I wanted to see it. it. It got a lot of
0: attention when it came out initially. Uh, based on the 2012 children's novel, the same name, the 2020 film adaptation told the real life story of Ivan the Gorilla, the main attraction at a circus mall, uh, and his other animal co stars, featuring Sam Rockwell, Angelina Jolie, Helen Mirren, and Brian Cranston. Great cast. Big cast, had a lot of attention when that thing first came out. Guess nobody watched it, because now one and only Ivan is gone. Then Adam Devine had a movie I'd never even heard of called <laughs> Magic Camp. Okay. All right. So Magic Camp is gone. Never even heard of that one. Then there was, a, there was a series of films that Disney Plus put out. I remember I was at D23, and they made a very, very big deal out of this movie they had coming out called Stargirl. Not to be confused with the CW superhero show called Stargirl. And both it and its sequel now pulled. Nobody watched it. It's now gone. Then they had a CGI squirrel movie called Flora and Ulysses. Again, never heard of it. It's gone. Uh, Another movie I never heard of, Darby and the Dead. That was described as, after a near-death experience, Riley Downs Darby gains the unique ability to speak with ghosts, which isolates her at school while she starts her own side business, helping ghosts move on to the afterlife. I can't imagine why. Nobody watched it. Uh, so that one's gone. Apparently that was a uh, a Fox title. Was it a Fox yeah, title? So oh, you're, yeah, you're right. It was a 20th Century Studios title. So that was on. It has now been removed. Here's one that surprised me that they took down. Mm -hmm. They did a cheaper by the dozen remake with Zach Braff and Gabriel Union. And it's gone. They got rid of it. Uh, Again, I guess nobody was watching it. They dumped it. Their remake or reinterpretation, if you will, of Black Beauty, which they had a lot of fanfare when they dropped that on, it is now gone. Better Nate than never, which is one I heard of but never even thought about watching. Uh, so that one is now gone. But here's the biggest one, Artemis Fowl. They took it out. They took it down. This was a big, expensive Kenneth Branagh directed film that had Kenneth Branagh obviously directing Josh Gad, Colin Farrell, Judy Dench. I mean, they had a whole bunch of fanfare when they were making this movie. And then came the dreaded news that they decided to pull its theatrical release and dump it on Disney Plus, which was like to all of us in our best David Chappelle. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, When we heard that, that was not a good sign. And sure enough, it was not very good. But this was supposed to be like a new Harry Potter franchise for them. Not that Harry Potter belonged to Disney. I'm saying this was going to be like kind of like their Harry Potter kind of thing. They were going to make a big franchise out of this, all this kind of stuff. Kind of was dead on arrival, and now they're just dumping it off Disney Plus altogether. Now, these things can all be licensed out. All these movies we just talked about can be licensed out to other streamers. As a matter of fact, Bob uh, Iger recently said in an investor's call that for the first time ever, they are now open to the idea of licensing out content to other streaming services so they can start making money on these titles instead of having them sitting on their service with nobody watching them and actually paying money out and losing money on it. So we'll see if some of these get uh, a day. Any of these movies stand out to you or surprise you guys hearing that they get dropped? Uh,
2: Not really. I mean, I do kind of wish I had seen, like you, the um, uh, Wolfgang. Yeah, yeah,
0: now I'm kind of lamenting that that's gone.
2: And I did remember, I did recall the one and only Ivan coming out and wanting to check it out, and then I forgot about it, so now I'm kind of bummed. And I think, you know, that is actually a really big novel like for kids. It's it's pretty much like in most schools as like reading like required reading material. Right. So I do hope some of these kind of fall into like Amazon or whatever. I know Peacock could probably use some help on some movie titles. So maybe I, I can catch one of those two over there somewhere.
1: Do do we know what why these movies were chosen? Was it just by the cost? I
2: think it's is just cost. Simple cost? Yeah. And does that mean, so there's, there's these 10, were these like the 10 worst? Perf- it was, 12. I, it must- it was 12. 12.
0: But there's going to be more. Yeah. Because okay. I remember when we did a story on this one a few weeks ago when they first announced the titles that were going to be leaving, Like, I think there was like something like 30 or 40 ultimately. Yeah. So I think these are the first 12. It's got to be a million.
2: mixture of what it's costing them to keep Yeah. and how low their viewership is, like a, a mix A mix of that. Uh, the problem
1: I had with that list is about 98% of them, I, I didn't even know. I've that. never heard of, like, oh, yeah. not so, only marketed. Yeah. You know how they play ads during, like, you know, when you have, like, the ad-free... Do they do ads on Disney Plus now? No. I don't know. No. I mean, I, th- I think they said they're going to launch if, an ad-supported tier. If they did, they need to start doing, like, 15-second trailers of all these titles well, that no one knows about so prob- people know about
0: it. But this is the problem and has always been the problem with Disney Plus from the day it launched. They fill Disney Plus with a bunch of filler. Yeah. Like, they actually don't put out a lot of premium content. Because when I... I mean, for the longest time, they launched with Mandalorian, right? But it was like almost a year till the next premium piece of content came out on Disney Plus. It was just all these little crappy low-budget, nobody gives a shit about these things... Kind of titles
2: and do, they kind of continue doing that. Yeah, it's today. sort of like uh, plop your like three year old in front of the TV kind yeah. of titles.
1: Do they at least do what Netflix does at, after you're done watching a title? It'll suggest. No, some, I, I've, I've never seen anything like that. Because no. that would be great to get these titles like some some views. I mean, like, like Net- they could do that. Like if you just finished watching like some sort of CGI animated yeah. thing and you liked it, it says, hey, check out the squirrel it thing. It sort of does you at know know the bottom
2: I mean? of, of like the main page, but it's not like Netflix where it has an algorithm where it like shows you. Things that you would like. It's kind of everyone gets the same, you know.
0: Well, like yesterday, Ann and page. I, we finished, we finally got caught up and finished Succession. Uh huh. Right. But every time you start an episode, there's like a little 30 second thing that plays promoting something else yeah. that's on max. I usually hit skip, but at least they do it. I do too. I always hit skip, but <laughs> yeah. they do it. They do it. Um, I, it's like, I have no problem that they do it as long as they give you that skip option. Yeah. Right but it's there and and you know what even though I hit the skip button I get a couple of seconds yeah. of that and whatever show they're promoting is now in my brain yeah, it's ingrained. I,
1: I would really like for them to go further and make it be an ad for a show that's like the show that you're watching sometimes it's a completely different show and I'm not I'm already in the mood for you know, this type of theme, this time, like if I'm watching a murder documentary, I want the trailer to be of this murder documentary that I've never heard of. I, know what I, you mean. I like, don't
0: need that. I don't need, I think, because that Netflix would be a little more complicated that. to program. I think they just want to use that spot to promote the, what they want to promote, but they should have a line in their interface of suggestions for you yeah. when you open up the interface and they should have a bunch of Max things that does they suggest it. for Apple you, right? does it.
2: Yeah. So,
0: anyway, interesting stuff there. And it's going to be. Listen, we're going to see more and more because these streamers are paying big money to have these things sitting there and if their data is showing them nobody's watching them, then why would you just keep paying money to keep them there for no reason? Anyway, just an interesting thought. All right. Hey guys, with that down... Let's go over now and take a Mint Mobile hotline question of the day. If you guys have a question for us that you'd like to hear addressed on the show or on our YouTube channel or both, go ahead and call our Mint Mobile hotline number anytime 24-7 at 951-268-4259. And today's question is about, hey, how do studios get paid when somebody like me uses my AMC A-list to go see free movies? Check it out.
2: Hey, John, this is Richard from Denver, just, uh, and go Nuggets,
0: baby. Woo! Just uh, wanted to call and ask, you were talking about how the ticket prices for the movie theaters, only a certain percentage goes to the actual theaters and the rest go to the studios. I was just wondering how that worked with the subscription services like AMC Plus, the Regal Unlimited, the Alamo one. I was just curious if you knew
2: about how that worked or you know, possibly you can research it. i so been listening to your show a long time, and I appreciate all the free content, man. Thanks, and uh, keep on the selfie. All
0: right, Richard, thanks a lot for
1: sending that in. You got a thought, right? I'm saying, Richard, if you're going to woo, you you got to woo. Your woo. team is about to win the finals. If, if, if they all go, their first championship, you, you just go woo? It's no, you gotta, gotta go.
2: Woo! You gotta Rick Flair, that sucker. <laughs> woo! <laughs> All right, that's
1: it. Right. <laughs> All
0: right. So, I mean, Richard brings up a question, and listen, I've I've actually addressed this uh, a few times, but I I we honestly get asked this question every week. Yeah. Uh, whether it comes in on a on a tip question or whether somebody emails it in or leaves it as a comment or sends it in on a Mint Mobile hotline. So so I'm comfortable answering this every once in a while because it is something that's in a lot of people's mind. Okay, so the basic gist is, you know, I go to the movie theater and let's say I buy a movie ticket. Let's say I buy a $15 movie ticket to go see a film. Well, instantly right away, and I'm going to speak in rough numbers here, okay, not specifics, but instantly right away, ten dollars of that movie ticket instantly gets shipped off to the studio and distributors. The the movie theater doesn't keep it. That's why you'll sometimes hear a phrase being batted around that movie theaters are not in the movie business, they're in the candy business. Because movie theaters actually make their real money, the things that keep their lights on and keep their employees paid, is the concession stand. That's that's how they actually make their money. It's not the movie ticket because the vast majority of that movie ticket goes back to the studios and the distributors. So, now, along comes these membership programs, these loyalty programs Regal Unlimited, AMC A List, Movie Pass. Uh, but let's focus on the membership ones for, for a minute. Like AMC A List, Regal Unlimited, Cinemark's got theirs, Alamo Drafthouse has theirs. I, it feels like every single one of the movie theater chains now have to have some kind of version of this. But let's take the most popular one, the one that I use, AMC A List. I pay $24 a month, I believe for my AMCA list card. And that gets me up to 12 movies a month, three movies a week. After watching two movies, I have more than made my money back. Mm -hmm. And when I go to seven, eight, nine, 10 movies that month, that's like 150 to $225 worth of movie tickets. I'm getting all for the cost $24. of $24. It's an incredible value. And I get to use that card to see a regular screening, a 3D screening, an IMAX screening, my favorite, an AMC Dolby Prime screening. Doesn't matter. It all works for all of them. So, how on earth do the studios get paid when I use my A list? It's a great question. Here's how it basically breaks down. So, let's say I'm going tomorrow to go watch, and this is true, I'm going to go watch Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse tomorrow. Okay. Let's say it's a, I don't know, $15 ticket, whatever. So I use my AMC A-List and I go on to my AMC app and I book, book my ticket, right? So here's what happens. AMC Theaters takes what is the average movie ticket price in America that week. So right now, I, again, this is rough. It's not this exact number, but it's right around it. Right now, the average movie ticket in America, I believe, is ten dollars, give or take a little bit. But roughly speaking, the average movie ticket from you know the east east coast of Maine to the west west coast of Los Angeles, I believe, the average movie tickets that they average it out to about ten dollars. Okay. When I use my AMC A list card whether I'm traveling to New York, whether I'm in Boston, whether I'm in Los Angeles, AMC counts that as a $10 movie ticket purchase. All right? It gets counted as a $10 movie ticket purchase. And then that money, they calculate it that way so they send off the appropriate amount of money back to the studios. Now you might be thinking, well, okay, John, that's great. Now we know how the studios get their money. I use my AMC A-list. AMC pretends that I paid them the national average, $10. AMC pretends I paid them $10 and then they ship off the appropriate amount to go back to the studios. Great. But how does AMC make money then? Because if I just go to two movies, right? Let's say three. If I go to three movies, well, that's them counting $30 worth of tickets and I only paid them 24. So AMC's losing money. Well, not really. And this is where things like the theater-specific loyalty programs like AMC A-List and Regal Unlimited have a big advantage. They also own the movie theaters and the concession stands. Mm -hmm. Because to AMC, it is worth them paying the studios my imaginary ticket money because they know I'm taking my fat ass into their theaters... And they know that Campy is a sucker for their crappy popcorn. He loves it. And I'm going to buy their crappy popcorn. And, oh, I got to have something to chase it with so I get my Coke Zero. And I just might, if I'm in a particularly peckish mood, I might buy a little bag of M&Ms. Before you know it, that, that little amount of money they had to send back to the theaters or back to the studios is dwarfed by the $23 I've spent at their concession stand. And every time I go, I'm not going alone. I mean, uh, sometimes I'll go to a movie alone, sure. But most of the time I'm either with Ann mm-hmm. or we've got Ray mm-hmm. or one of our other friends and we'll go. So I got other people with me. And guess what we're all doing? We're all going to that concession stand. So yeah, to AMC, they're like, okay, we, we make some money with the cost of the membership, $24 a month in my case. And we do got to pay out to the studios and everything. These the uh, the national average ticket price, yes, and we'll, we'll take a bit of a hit there. But it is worth it to get Campy's fat ass into our movie theaters because he's gonna drag that ass over to
1: our concession stand <laughs> like a good little puppy and buy that candy. And They cheer me on when I walk in. They're like, yes. Yes, race here. Yes, yes. <laughs> We're about to have some good lunches today. Everyone's getting a bonus. <laughs> Everyone's getting a bonus.
0: It's time, right? So it, so these membership programs, it works for the studios, even though it's it's based in some cases like LA, where it's an average of $15 a ticket. They're getting a little bit less per ticket, but I'm going to the movies more because I have my my card. That means the studios are getting more money. And AMC is making more money because a little bit of my membership, but I'm going to the concession stand. And even though not everybody goes to the concession stand like me, most people do. And that's more than enough to make it a profitable venture for them. So look, I'm sure every card has their own specifics about how they'll work and different details, but I think that gives you just a little basic idea about how the structure works. And it's, it's a win-win-win because the studios get... More ticket revenue, the theaters get more concession stand revenue, and I get to go to more movies for a value price.
2: And there's one other side too, because some people just there's there's like a bad month they can't get to the theater. They still paid their a list. Yep. So right there, the theater's still getting money on that, and you didn't even come. So. And
0: and there's the advantage that again the theater loyalty programs had over Movie Pass. Mm. Because MoviePass had no concession stands, that's part of the reason why back in the day, when they were running their scam, MoviePass was trying to blackmail and and, and you know use extortion on the movie theaters, trying to force the movie theaters to give them a cut of their concession stands. And the movie theaters are like, Mwah, mm, <laughs> you don't know what I'm doing unless you're watching the video version. Mm, AMC there's said to blur- MoviePass, "There's
2: birds flying around."
0: Yep, a lot of double efforts. They just said, nope, and, uh, and they went out of business. Anyway, I hope you found that little bit of information useful. Uh, again, th- that's just generalities I'm speaking of. I'm sure there's some finer details and the t- fluctuation of ticket prices, but that gives you the basic idea. You pay your membership price. Every time you use it, the, stu- the theaters give the studios a predetermined set ticket price amount for the money, and the st- theaters are happy to do it because you're going to spend money when you're in the theater. Anyway, all right, guys. With that down, we got a few more topics to talk about here today. But before we get to those, we want to thank one of the sponsors of today's episode of the John Campus Show podcast, our friends over at ExpressVPN. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of this video, ExpressVPN. Guys, it is 2023 and online privacy and security has never been more important. You see, every device, phones, computers, tablets has a unique IP address, which is like an internet phone number and reveals personal information about you. It's super simple for somebody online who knows what they're doing to find your IP address. If you've ever clicked on a sketchy link or opened an email from somebody you don't know, your IP address could become exposed. Now that's where ExpressVPN has your back. ExpressVPN is an app that hides your real IP address and replaces it with a dummy one, keeping you safe and private. And you don't have to be some kind of techie to use a VPN. Guys, it is so easy to use. Just download the ExpressVPN app on your phone or computer, tap one button to turn it on, and you're protected. And if you like your streaming entertainment, here's the coolest part. They let you choose what country you want your IP address to look like it's coming from. This is incredibly useful because services like Netflix and Disney Plus give you different shows depending on what country you're in. So secure your family's online activity and unlock tons of new shows by visiting expressvpn.com campia. Use my link and you can get three extra months free. That's express e-x-p-r-e-s-s vpn.com campia. Go to expressvpn.com campia to learn more. And thank you to our friends at ExpressVPN for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. All right, guys, with that down, let's keep going with this. You know, one of the, it's, you get in almost any circles and you bring up the topic, what's the best comedy ever on TV? If you're in a group of 10 people, I guarantee you at least nine of them will at least mention the office. I mean, many consider it to be maybe the greatest comedy of all time. I've certainly got it up in that conversation with that. Seinfeld, Parks and Rec are like my favorites. But again, maybe not everybody has it at the top, but it's in a lot of people's discussion. Now, there's been a lot of public crying and begging for an office reunion, whether it's a reunion season or even just a reunion movie. I think that would be a lot of fun. But... Instead, we got news today that there is officially an Office remake coming, only it is not with any of the original cast. It is a new interpretation of The Office, just like Michael Scott's version was a new interpretation of the Ricky Gervais UK version of it. Now there's a third version of it, and it's coming on Amazon Video, and it's being made in Australia. Uh, this is coming to us from CBR. They wrote, uh, the fan favorite sitcom, The Office, is officially getting an Australian remake courtesy of Prime Video and starring stand-up comedian Felicity Ward. Uh, Per deadline, Prime Video Australia is developing the new series based on the ever-popular show that originated in the United Kingdom before eventually making its way to the United States. Stand-up comic Felicity Ward will star as the boss for the remake, taking over the roles created by Ricky Gervais as David Brent and then popularized by Stephen Carell's Michael Scott. Per the description, Ward as Hannah Howard will be awkwardly leading her branch of packaging company, they're, they're a packaging company this time instead of a paper company, leading her branch of packaging company Flinnley Craddock. Her mm-hmm. position is compromised after the head office shuts down the branch and orders all employees to work from home, a move that sends Hannah into panic mode. Now, this must be just the pilot because I don't know how you do an office remake without there being an office. That doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. Um, I gotta say, This isn't the news I wanted to hear. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure a lot of people said the same thing. When they announced that they were doing the North American version of the office, I still remember I mean, it's a lot younger, but I remember going, boo, everybody was like, boo, it'll never be as good as the UK version, boo. It wasn't in
2: that first season. It was just it was just a redo of, uh, and it just didn't, it fell flat that first season.
0: I mean, well, the first season was also like, what, six episodes? Yeah. The first season, but I still thought it was great. I really liked it myself. I, I thought it was wonderful. But now, when you said The Office, the first thing people think of is the Michael Scott one. I I, I Don't get me wrong, I'm not dragging on your vases version is brilliant. But I mean, everybody, when you say The Office, everybody, almost everybody thinks about the North American version. So I expect we're going to hear the same reaction from people about this. Boo, we don't want a new version. We want Michael Scott. But that's exactly what they said before. And we ended up getting Michael Scott and the brand, and a brand new office that became a cultural phenomenon. Now, am I saying that's going to happen with this one? No. But I'm saying let's give it a shot. Oh, I, I'm for sure giving it a shot. Yeah, listen, Ricky Gervais is attached to it. Like, I don't know how active he's actually going to be involved.
2: Producing. He's with, making yeah, as a millions a off of this
0: thing. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm down. Like, Ray, I know when I go over to your house, mm-hmm. if one of three things will be... I know one of three things, Jonathan. This is an absolute <laughs> truth. When I walk and I walk through the door at Ray's, yeah. I know... Without a doubt, I, I could take a thousand dollars out of my wallet and I will put it down and bet it that one of three things will be on that television. What is impractical <laughs> jokers? Yep. Some kind of murder documentary uh, or, or yeah. the or or a fourth thing, I'm sorry. South Park. 25-day fiance oh, 90 or 90-day fiance. 90-day <laughs> fiance. <laughs> you know?
1: You gotta, or you gotta The Office. That's a touch of reality right there. 90-day. 90-day fiancé.
0: No. Or the office. Like you, you know the
1: office inside out and backwards. What do you think about you, this news? You know, Comedy Central has done a a service to all the office fans. They do a marathon like almost every day. Like from Yeah, it's almost like a 24-hour office channel. And you know what? Like, I leave it on. It's like I'm not even watching sometimes. I'm playing Xbox, right. but it's just like listening. It's over and over again, the same episodes, but I, I can't get enough of it. It's just it's just that thing. I mean, there's the first season Jonathan mentioned. Oh man, that's so cringy. Some of the stuff that they got away with would never happen right now. But you know what? This good Australian kid. Uh, can I say that? Sure. Whatever her name is, Felicity Ward. Oh, Felicity Ward. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I'm not familiar with her, but I. You know what? I'll give it a shot too. Who 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 knows what happens with this one? I mean, Australia. Who cares?
2: I'm I looking. Mean, I'm actually looking forward <laughs> Australia, to Australia. Oh, no, I didn't mean
1: Australia. That's who a new
2: t-shirts, make. Australia. <laughs> I, I didn't cares? mean Australia.
1: Who cares where it's at? It's just the office is bad. Yeah, it's my. I,
2: I'm, I'm looking forward to the Australian like um, sensibility, well, sensibility, and their delivery on this. On this. So yeah, I'm excited for it. So how, how many of us have watched the the original Office? I haven't.
1: Oh, the UK one? I oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I oh. saw the original, and one. that's why. Like, I I think if. I gotta know if Ricky Gervais, if like his comedy is for me. I don't know yet, so we'll see.
2: Re- I, well, I've, I mean, this I is, find him very funny. Yeah, and I mean, if you like The Office, because he's the producer of the Office. Yeah, I've anyway, seen I've so. seen the
1: Golden Globes with Ricky Gervais. Oh yeah, and he's, he tears. Uh, his he office, tears,
0: yeah. his office version is really. I mean, I I am not gonna lie. I do prefer the North American version. I know that's not the cool thing. The cool things to say the original UK. I get it. It's brilliant. I love it. But I, I personally prefer the new. one. You know, The Office is just one of those shows that it, it's like Parks and Rec to me. Those two shows, I can play episode roulette. And what I mean by episode roulette is sometimes if Anne and I are just, we've got like 30 minutes to eat dinner, we'll, we'll grab something to eat, sit down in front of the TV, and we can either load up The Office or Parks and Rec and literally almost close our eyes and just scroll through the episodes mm-hmm. and then randomly hit play. And we know whatever episode comes on, we're going to laugh. I mean- it's, uh, I mean, I'll do it sometime. I'll be in a long drive. I mean, I, I, one of the things I love about having a Tesla is autopilot. God, I love that feature. And I'll just <laughs> in there and put, put the office on my phone or whatever. And just, I, I love that show so much. Uh, I, I think I like Parks and Rec even a little bit more, which is weird because when Parks and Rec first came out, I thought it was just a cheap office knockoff. Kind of off. Yeah. But I mean, both those shows, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what episode you put on you're going to laugh and uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing them taking another shot at it. All right. With that down guys, let's move on to this. Shall we? Uh, you guys know that I think Dune is probably my most anticipated movie of the year, but my God, Spider-Man across Spider-Verse might be tied with it. I, I mean, I have been dying to watch this movie ever since I walked out of the theater watching the first film. I just cannot wait. And all the first reactions were great and all this kind of stuff. Well, now the reviews are coming out. and Look, we, we made a video about this one a little bit earlier today on the YouTube channel. We mentioned that, you know, when first reactions and the reviews are two separate things, right? The critics are often allowed to give a short social media first reaction, and then they hold their reviews until the full review embargo comes out. And... First reactions always tend to be a little bit more positive because when you only have a a second to say something, you know, we as human beings, we like to focus on the positive and then we'll, we'll say the, you know, the things we liked. Right. But then normally, or often, I should say, when the full reviews come out, well, then they can go into their nitpicks a little bit and maybe it doesn't seem as glowing. Well, when the first reactions for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse came out, the reactions were off the charts. And now that the full reviews are out, the full reviews are better.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, they're better. I read some of them today, but here's a few other ones that I didn't read on, on the YouTube video part. Little White Lies film critic wrote, In every possible universe, this slaps. <laughs> Screen Rex wrote, that's that it largely... Know? What's that?
1: No, I said, was that me reviewing it? <laughs> yeah,
0: that sounds like a review rate. Uh, Rex writes... Uh, That it largely bounds over expectations is deeply impressive. That it manages to find a way to actually say something about the genre and its adherence is near miraculous. Uh, Blu-ray.com writes, the directors speed up the edits and slow down the storytelling as they build on the previous picture's artistic achievements. Uh, Bleeding Cool writes, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse has the flaws that come with being half of a movie, because remember, there's going to be another part to this, but the half of the film that is presented is nothing short of art. Uh, Eastpin writes For now, it has achieved the impossible. We once again believe that superhero cinema can be surprising, fun, and emotional while at the same time shaking up our expectations. Cultured writes uh, No, sorry, that's Cinema Debate writes Spider Man across the Spider Verse can be described with one word masterpiece. From the first beautifully animated frame, it's a masterclass on believable characters and worlds. The gaps between this and other superhero films is wide. Listen to that. The gap between this and other superhero films is wide. Entertainment IE writes, Across the Spider-Verse is an animated blast of energy that deserves to be seen on the biggest screen you can possibly find. And it just goes on. Like, it's not just... Positive reviews, right? It's great to get positive reviews. But the vast majority, not all of them, but the vast majority of these ones aren't just positive reviews. These are reviews going out of their minds. There's a couple I read that said, this isn't just one of the greatest comic book movies ever. This might be my favorite movie of all time. I literally read that from one of the critics saying this might be their favorite movie of all time. I mean, maybe they'll come down off that high. I haven't seen the movie yet myself. But we read some uh, a couple critics earlier today that were saying, hey, when you're talking about sequels, this ranks up there with Empire Strikes Back and The Dark Knight. Like, really? That good? But listen, I'll tell you what. I've seen a half hour of this movie. I saw 15 minutes of it a year ago at CinemaCon. I saw another 15 minutes of it a few weeks ago at this year's CinemaCon. And it was nothing short of staggering. We loved it. What we saw, like Ray, you were there at CinemaCon both times. Did you hear one person that saw the footage either year that said anything but absolutely fantastic, glowing? Did you hear anybody complain about it? I mean, I, no. I
1: personally didn't. You know, the one thing that I I always I got out of that short clip, which is crazy, is that there's all the Spider-Man. Of course, we all know that right. the characters, the powers, the but what I got from that clip was the it was just that small family, like, you know, the family, the, the relationship intimacy of the family mom. stuff. Yeah. I hate saying family now because it, it makes me sound family. like Vin Diesel. Family. I mean, he really ruined that word for yeah, me. He really did. <laughs> but um, just the closeness between the three, the the parents and Miles. Yeah. It's like that's all that came out of the clip that they showed. And that's that's sometimes all you need with all the craziness going on. In the Spider-Verse, you just need to sometimes find that thing that you can relate to. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that, relationship that's with when his mom the magic happens. There. And that's what I love about Spider-Verse. They could do the coolest stuff. They can introduce my favorite Spider-Man because Spider-Man is my favorite of all time. I wore a Spider-Man uniform to church because I wouldn't go to church <laughs> unless I wore the mask. And uh, so I'm sorry, mom and dad, dad up there. By the way, I, he's I, talking about Spider Man's wedding, yeah, just if, so you know, he showed up in a spider mask. If I if I if I embarrassed you, it's because <laughs> I love Spider Man. But you can show me all the Spider Man you want, but I need that I need that home feeling there, which will take it home. So I believe this one. I I really hate that. I know it's the first part of two. I just don't like that in any movie. I don't care if it's the greatest movie of, uh, of all time. I just hate knowing that I'm not going to get a conclusion. But. It's going to be good. From but what but seen, I mean, it's going to be
0: good. If, it's, if it does what Empire Strikes Back did, right? We, I talked about this last week, I think. Like, when you look at Empire Strikes Back is the perfect example of a middle chapter mm-hmm. of a movie franchise. Because it is, in itself, all by itself, a complete movie. Yeah. With its own beginning, middle, and end. And yes, there's some open doors at the end that, you know, but at the end of Empire Strikes Back... They escape from Cloud City, Luke got away, he gets his hand fixed, the rebel fleet has reassembled and survived the attack on the Hoth station, and now they're all good. And oh, oh, and by the way, hey guys, we'll see you in Tatooine as we go try to to rescue Han. But really, it doesn't end on some kind of, it never felt incomplete. Empire Strikes Back feels like a totally complete movie. And so does The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight doesn't feel like chapter two. or three; It feels like a total complete movie. And if Across the Spider-Verse, even though we know we've got a third movie coming, if Across the Spider-Verse can do that, feel like its own complete movie, I will feel totally satisfied.
1: I have a feeling we're going to have a funeral at at the end of this movie for some reason. I think we might have more than one. Uh, I think we might have more than one. to leave it off as that will just... Because you know, they took, you know, and, and it seems like the work paid off for this one. They took a really long time to make this movie. Oh, yeah, like they, I meant, they, they, they took delayed forever. It, delayed Lord it. Miller. Yeah, and it looks like those, those delays were great moves because from all the reviews we're hearing, it's just now that I think about if I really love this movie, the wait. Between the, this one and the next, it's going to be excruciating.
0: You know, hopefully, hopefully, we're not going to have to wait as long for the third one. And because, I mean, from what I understand, the script is already written for the third one. From from what I understand, so we
2: had the ho- pa- we had the pandemic between these two, right? Yeah, I
0: we? mean, so that so, that was part of the problem yeah. as well, and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think we're going to have to wait because when did it came out in 2018, yeah, we had to wait five years for this movie. I don't think we're going to have to wait five again. No. I'm, I'm thinking three. I'm thinking on the, at the very most three we're going to have to wait for the next one. But at any rate, we get to see this new one tomorrow, and I'm very excited. All right, guys, listen. With that down, we're going to talk about one more thing here. We'll just do this quickly so we can get on to your questions that you guys have been sending in. Um, you know, we talked a lot about The Little Mermaid recently. And again, you know, I am not a Little Mermaid guy. Everybody's heard me say it. But... I, I was really charmed by this live-action version of it. I'm probably one of the few people in the world that liked the live action this live-action version more than the animated one, but I only say that because I'm not a, exactly a big fan of the original animated one. Even though I didn't love this movie, I thought it was very charming and very well put together. Well, uh, now that it has officially been out for one week, they are now making it official and calling it The Little Mermaid has set a record for the Disney live-action remakes with the highest audience score out of any of them. And we went through this in a video we made earlier today, but Ray put this graphic together, but the 2015 Cinderella, which I love, by the way, had a 78% audience rating. The Jungle Book had an 86% audience rating. Beauty and the Beast had an 80% audience rating. Dumbo had a 48% audience rating. Aladdin, which I also love, had a 94% audience rating. It was the highest audience-rated Disney live-action remake until now. Mulan had a 46, and now we got Little Mermaid with a 95. A 95. Now, the critic rating is not as good. I mean, almost three out of every 10 critics didn't like it. So about around seven out of every 10 critics did, three out of every 10 didn't. So it didn't have as well. So it's hovering around the 68, 69, 70%, somewhere around there, give or take 5%. It's hovering around there for the critics score, but the audiences seem to really get a kick out of it and and at least walked out. Remember, that 95% rating doesn't say that the audience loved it. It says that the audience at least enjoyed it, right? So I don't think this is saying that The Little Mermaid is the greatest live-action remake Disney has done. It's just saying it appealed to the most people. 95%, 95 out of every 100 people that saw this film came out and went, I like that. And that's a pretty big accomplishment. I mean, that's pretty good for for a movie like this, that there were a lot of question marks going into it, uh, all that kind of stuff. I had never heard of Halle Bailey. I had never even heard her before she got cast to play in this movie. My God, this girl's a superstar. Get to know her name, and I remember I thought a while ago. Well, poor, this poor girl. Whenever somebody tries to say her name, they're they're all gonna say Halle Berry. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Six months from now, hmm. they might be saying Halle Bailey instead when they meant to say Halle Berry. Whoa! Shots Whoa. fired! Shots fired! I'm just saying.
1: You are just saying.
0: <laughs> this girl's a superstar. <laughs> mm. This girl's a bona fide superstar. Is that right? That's right. And wait oh. till you see, her, I can't wait to see her in the color purple. We got just a little glimpse of her in the color purple that's coming out in December. And it's like, my God, like this, this girl, the, like I I'm, I said it earlier today. I am really, really excited to find out if this little mermaid is, what was the guy's name of Napoleon from Napoleon Dynamite? It was John something. Like, um, uh, oh, See if you look that Hater. up. There.
2: What's that? Or uh you're talking about the actor? Yeah. Wasn't it Hater or
0: Heater or Header or yeah. Heater, something like that? Like like Napoleon Dynamite came out and he's brilliant he's fantastic in it. Yeah, Turned Josh out Hader. he was pretty much John a one hit wonder. Cause then everything else he was in after that I, and I, I don't mean to disparage. I'm not trying to disparage the guy. I'm just saying everything else that came in after that, he was never able to replicate what he was able to do in Napoleon Dynamite. He was even in that figure skating movie with oh, of Will yeah. Ferrell, Blades, Blades of Glory. Glory. He was not good in that. Yeah. Uh, but so Adventure I want to find out is she John Heater? Or is this truly the beginnings of a new superstar? Was Little Mermaid a one-hit wonder for her? We'll find out. And it ain't going to be an easy test because now she's going to be in color purple with some heavy, heavy, heavyweights. And we're going to see if she's uh, any good. Not Anyway, we'll, we'll find that out soon enough. All right, guys. With all that down, let's get over and start taking those questions that our channel members have been sending in to us. And first of all, if you are a channel member, thank you so much for being a channel member. And listen, guys, if you'd like to just be supportive of our content that we make on our podcast or our YouTube channel, why don't you consider becoming a channel member on our YouTube channel? It would be awfully appreciated. And thank you to everybody who is. Now, before we get to those questions, we want to take another minute and thank a couple of other sponsors of today's episode of the John Campus Show podcast. Our friends at Rocket Money and My Mobile service provider mint mobile guys we want to thank a sponsor of this video Rocket Money. The average person has around 12 paid subscriptions. Think about that. If you think you're only subscribed to a handful of services, you might want to double check. With Rocket Money, you can quickly identify and cancel all of your unwanted subscriptions. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want and don't even use. Simply find the subscription you don't want and press cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as the click of a button. My wife Anne and I moved out of Burbank two years ago and one of the first things I discovered when I loaded up Rocket Money was that I was still paying for a gym membership I haven't even been to in Burbank in two years. So stop throwing away your money. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to Rocket money dot slash campia that's rocketmoney.com slash campia rocketmoney dot slash campia. We want to thank a sponsor of this video, Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, your utility bills and favorite streaming services, inflation is everywhere. Seriously, make it stop. Thankfully, there's one company out there that's giving you a much needed break. It's Mint Mobile. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton with phone plans starting at just $15 a month. You guys know that ever since I switched to Mint Mobile, I've been saving almost 70% a month over my old phone plan. For people looking looking for extra savings this year mint mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 dollars a month by going online only and eliminating the traditional cost of retail mint mobile passes the significant savings on to you all of their plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5g network use your own phone with any mint mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com campia. That's mintmobile.com slash campia. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash campia. And thank you to our friends at Rocket Money and, again, my mobile service provider, and they should be your mobile service provider, Mint Mobile, for sponsoring this episode of the John Campion Show podcast. Hey, guys, remember, when you go check out and support our sponsors, you're actually supporting us. So if you go down the description of this video, you'll find links and promo codes for all of today's sponsors. And thank you again to Rocket Money and Mint Mobile. All right, with that down, guys, let's get over to the questions that our channel members have sent in. So, Jonathan, what do we got?
2: All right, we've got Advith Green who writes, I know there's doubt uh, if this was the final season of Ted Lasso, but after watching the finale, yeah, this is the end. Doubt gone.
0: Um, again, I have, I have not seen the, the final episode, but I will say this. Don't believe that. Don't believe that. Because remember, I believe, like, this all comes from this. Yesterday, before the finale came out, Apple TV put out their big press release, and they went out of their way to not say it was a series finale which they always do. And whenever there's a series finale, the studio puts out this thing, oh, make sure you check out the series finale, right? They didn't do that. Apple, in their press release specifically, four times refer to it as the season three finale. Season three finale, season three finale, not series <laughs> finale. Mm-hmm. Now, I speculated yesterday, and I believe this, that they probably were looking at three as being the end, And then sometime probably in the last two months came to an agreement to make another season. But that would mean that season three was going to end the way they planned to end it, right? So it was going to come across. So I have no doubt it feels like a series finale because that's probably what it was going to be. But that press release yesterday tells me that sometime after they filmed that and after they made that finale, they made a decision to make a season four because there's no other explanation for Apple calling it the season three finale rather than the series finale. I think it's more than just semantics. I think it's, it's, I thought that was very, very deliberate. All right, what's next?
2: Okay, we've got Norel S who writes, hey guys, with all the rave reviews for Across the Spider-Verse, do you think it could potentially get nominated for Best Picture?
0: Okay, I, that is something I cannot say until I've seen the movie, right? I, I have not seen it, but I will say this. The Academy was too cowardly to nominate the first one for best picture when it 1,000%, I'm not saying it should have won, but I'm saying it 1,000%. In a world where you can have up to 10 nominees, it 1,000% should have been one of the nominees for best. Listen, the whole reason the Academy made the best animated feature category was to give themselves a cop-out to not nominate animated films for best picture. Mm.
2: That's why I think you're not going to get that.
0: Yeah, that's why I don't think they're going to do it. Now, there there have been exceptions, right? There have been three animated films. But nine times an animated film has been the number one critically rated film of the year.
2: And most of those times,
0: those films never even got nominated for Best Picture. That's got
1: to change.
2: It's got to change. Well, yeah, but then also if one gets nominated, whether it wins or not, then people are going to be like, so then what's the point of the animated
1: but that's the thing; they they only
0: created the animated one. So, but but look, I say it the same way. They have a category for best foreign feature, right? Guess what? Best foreign feature
2: films can also be nominated mm-hmm. for best picture. It
1: Should be the same with animated.
0: So it should be the, exactly it should be the same for animated. I guess
2: you could say it transcended. I don't know. Well, that kind of disses the others, but yeah.
0: So I mean, so here's a trivia for you guys. Can you guys name the three? I know one animated films that have been nominated for best picture of the Academy Awards. I
2: can't. I I know Snow White. No. No, Snow White Snow White not. was not
0: nominated for Best Toy Story Picture. 4. No. One. No. Two. Three. <laughs> <laughs> the third, yes. Toy Story oh 3. Oh, my God. It was the last one that I
2: got it on. let <laughs> will see. That's
1: so, why. Toy
0: Story 3. Do you know the other ones?
1: Uh, uh, wasn't it, no, was it I'm recent? I'm going to look up Snow White. Was it like more awards? recent than later uh, than in the past? Uh, was it like Kubo and the Two Strings? No? No. Nope.
0: Nope. Not Kubo and the Two Strings. I'll give you. I'll give you a hint for one of them. Tale as old as time. No. Uh, Beauty, and the Beauty, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the
1: Beast was the first animated film ever in history. And Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> See, you get info from the show. It's not right, but it's info. Was no, it's not. It's <laughs> was, uh, no, was was not. It? I not I lanking. Nope. It was uh, up. Oh, right. The movie I never saw. So, okay.
0: You never saw up? Who said that? With Who? Doug the
2: dog? Who said that? The one with the dog? And you did, it's got a dog. He's and you there. didn't watch it? Someone back there said, hey, did they? Okay. So, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves won an honorary Academy Award. I didn't realize ah, that.
0: Ah, so now I know why you're Yeah. But Beauty and the Beast was the first. And ever since Beauty and the Beast, only two others ever. So, no, I, I don't, it almost doesn't matter how good this is. I don't believe the Oscars will have. The testicles to give this movie it now again i can 't say that it deserves it because i haven 't seen it yet
1: myself let 's have this conversation again after tomorrow all right I, i'm gonna i'm gonna hope that there's a time where an uh, animated movie just hits so everyone so much that they just give in to whatever well I mean this dance
0: they have and three, three times commentate.
1: they have okay three
0: times in the past thirty years they have so okay. here's what becomes more of a regular thing
2: all right what 's next okay we've got um Sorry about that. Fernando Don't Rodriguez. Don't
0: bother doing that one because I, I haven't seen the finale for 10 oh, months. Oh, yeah, so. yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, Yulatan writes, fun fact, this season the Miami Heat have a total of nine undrafted players. Out of those, seven are the starting roster. They are real-life bad news bears of the NBA. Oh, my God. Dude, this team
0: wasn't even supposed to be in the playoffs. They had to go through a play-in just to get the eighth seed, the eighth and final spot. And it was supposed to be an afterthought because they had to play the mighty, you know, uh, uh, Milwaukee Bucks, yep. the Greek freak, mm-hmm. and they were supposed to get swept, and they won.
1: This is a Disney movie in the making. It is. It really if is. they win it, my God.
0: Now, listen, I told somebody the other day that it didn't matter who came out of the East, whether it was Boston or Miami, Denver is going to smash them because unlike, say, Philadelphia, that has somebody that can you can match up on uh, jokic because they had him mm-hmm. bead and there's a couple other teams that do too boston nor miami have an answer for jokic no, neither two of those teams has somebody that can even slow him down mm-hmm. but milwaukee was supposed to sweep miami and miami won right boston was supposed to sweep miami and miami won i am not going to get into the doubting the miami heat No. Nope. Uh, business right now i, I still i mean I, if i it put five bucks down i'm saying denver and five i think denver wins it fairly easily but will i put a hundred bucks on that with the way this has been an absolute
2: cinderella run for mm-hmm. miami nope i ain't putting money on that no sir all right what's next okay we've got uh cody hunt who writes i saw the flash at a free screening last night the crowd absolutely loved it ezra has never been better as the flash um, I'm having a hard time believing if this film is successful, WB dropping him in a sequel, if they believe they made the steps toward uh, rehabilitation.
0: It, 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 should, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. You did a lot of crap. But as long as you make us enough money, we'll overlook that. That is not the way it should be. There's, there's, there's got to be something more to it. Listen, and I say this as somebody who thinks Ezra Miller was fantastic in this movie but that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I I honestly don't think they are making a sequel anyway. I don't think that's a part of James Gunn's plans for DC moving forward. Um, So I, I think that's why... Director Andy Muschietti was able to say yesterday, oh, if I do a sequel, I am not recasting Ezra Miller. I'm not recasting that. It's got to be Ezra. I think Andy Muschietti knew he could say that because I think he knows there's not going to be a sequel. I mean, I don't know that as a fact. I, I haven't had somebody at DC tell me that. I'm just, I'm just speculating like any other fan. Could be right, could be wrong. But, yeah, I, I just don't believe that that's going to happen. Uh, at least, I'm, let's put it this way. I'm going to be very, very, as a huge fan of James Gunn, I'm going to be extremely disappointed in James Gunn if they do that. Anyway, that's just me. What's next?
2: Okay, we've got Alan Ling who writes, I'm sad Elemental doesn't have great reviews so far. I still plan a double feature of that and Flash on Thursday opening. Um, I've been looking to both equally, but I'm sad Elemental won't be another Pixar hit in the can or a comeback rather than uh, rather because of Lightyear. Wait a second, when is...
0: I yeah, think Elemental. they were playing
2: at the same time. Let me look this up. What did he,
0: what did he say he was going to watch Elemental as a double the feature? Flash?
2: Elemental into Flash.
0: Oh, yeah, because Flash does open on the yeah,
1: I think, but are they 16th, both? right? I believe they open on the 16th.
0: Yeah, side. I thought, I thought, sorry, I thought he was saying uh, double feature with Spider-Man across the June Spider-Verse. Because yeah, I was getting, yeah, Wow, I, was I forgot that those two opened at the same time. Yeah, Elemental's gonna get crushed. Uh it's 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 getting very they're first of all, they're not marketing it a lot. And the reviews have not been good, uh, particularly because they're coming from, the reviews that are out right now have come from the major trades, Hollywood Reporter, Variety, things like that. Those are trades that traditionally really like Pixar films, and they're not liking this movie. And that's that's not a good sign. But I'm with you. I I plan on seeing this opening night. Uh, I still think the trailers have been good. I like what I've seen from it so far. Here's hoping I like it. All right, we got time for two more.
2: What's next? Okay, Mr. Jello writes, do you expect the... O- No, do you expect uh, the old Fox X-Men cast to be a part of the multiverse saga?
0: No, I think they're going to make an appearance in Deadpool 3, and I think that'll be it. All right, what's next?
2: All right, we've got uh, Kendall Barker who writes, do you think we can get a wide-open world uh, Great Indiana Jones video game one day? Yes,
0: I I think that is prime to be made into a video game franchise. Are you kidding? I think that would a huge open world, Indiana Jones globe trotting kind of big adventure. where you have to go to like 12 different countries and stuff like that. And actually didn't they announce an Indiana
1: Jones game? I think they did, but there hasn't been any movement from what I know, but there was an announcement. I'm really hoping that, you know, Harrison Ford doesn't want to do all the action stuff. Maybe he'll, you know, just do voice. voice for a game. For, yeah, I mean, come on. He's got to do something once, right? The problem he's done everything.
0: is, his voice sounds like this now.
1: He's done everything. Yeah. So. All right, let's
0: do one more. What, let's take one last All one. All right.
2: Uh, Brandon C. writes: Now that Andy Muschietti has definitively said Ezra will not be recast in a flash sequel, do you think there's any chance they actually move forward with that, or do you think Gunn will do the most to consider the, mo- the smart move? that ties to start fresh. Yeah. Again, we did a.
0: We talked about this on open mic yesterday quite
2: extensively. But
0: here's the quick uh, Cole's notes on that. Um, yeah, Andy Muschietti said that he doesn't want to recast Ezra. That's great. Number one, that's not Andy Muschietti's decision. Number two, he says if we do a sequel, I don't think they're going to do a sequel because they're changing the the mm-hmm. DCU. Number three, I doubt it'll happen because even if those things lined up, I don't think James Gunn or Peter Safran, approve it. Um, Number four, I think Andy Muschietti said that just to promote this film that's coming out, when in reality they know, you know what, in six months or in, in a year, when we do do a sequel, we'll just say, oh no, scheduling conflicts, oh, sad day, right? So yeah, that's great. Andy Muschietti is just promoting the film. That's it. It's like the Ben Affleck thing, when Ben Affleck swore At Comic-Con, even though behind the scenes they had already arranged that he wasn't going to be Batman anymore, he still got on stage and swore to the Comic-Con audience, I'm still Batman, I'll do whatever Matt Reeves needs me to do, I'll walk on all fours like an ape. Because Matt Reeves had done A Planet of the Apes movies. I'll walk on all fours like an ape for Matt Reeves, woohoo, I'm still Batman. When they knew full well, when he knew full well he wasn't Batman anymore. You know why? Because they had a movie that was coming out in the coming months, and they wanted to promote the movie and not distract from the movie. And that, I believe, is exactly what's going on here with this. So, I don't think Andy Muschietti's comments, who does who is a fabulous director, by the way, but I don't think his comments here should be taken seriously at all. All right that down, guys, that'll do it. For today's installment of the John Campia Show podcast, thank you so much for stopping by and listening to our show here today. Big special thank you to our YouTube channel members, number one, for being YouTube channel members and supporting us. We appreciate that, guys. But number two, you gave us great fun things to talk about, so thank you guys so much for your support. So, for everybody in the room here, we got Ray Aura, we got go. Jonathan Voico, we got myself, John Campia. That'll do it for us, guys. And until next time, my friends... Bye-bye.